Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to episode number eight of the Reverend Reverend Bible Podcast. It is number eight, isn't it? Yes. The Ocho. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the, of the Spanish word for the. Is it L? El Ocho? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it, man. That's it. The eight. <laughs> Welcome to the eighth episode of the Reverend Bible Podcast. This is Cody Kelly. And this is Neil Huntley. And we're just so excited that you've joined us once again for some more Reverend Bible. So, Neil, how's it going with you? Pretty good, man. I'm, I finally caught up on my sleep. Really? Yeah, you know, we were at camp last week. Right. Um, the week before that, I was on vacation because, you know, we had the bonus episode yeah, that week. Yeah, we did, week. yeah. Um, and then last week, we recorded on location at, at, at Fort Caswell. That was fun. And as soon that was as, a lot of fun. As soon as I got y'all home and settled, I went home, basically took me a shower, repacked my bag, and I went back down to the beach. So <laughs> I think over the course of two weeks, I traveled a little over 1,200 miles. Wow. Yeah, I went to four different beaches, saw a lot of sand, saw... Same water, just in different places, but it was good to be home for a little bit. Now, um, I'm back in my normal rotation. As you can see, I'm sitting here in the studio all dusty from mowing grass all day. I even left my boots on your front porch so I wouldn't <laughs> track mud in, but I'm, I'm just happy to be back, man. Um, Amber and I started a uh, new diet and exercise uh, regime ooh, really? starting yesterday. Uh, we were serious about it. We even started, we even signed contracts in blue ink, so it's legal. Ooh. Yeah, so, but it's good to be back. Um, we're doing... Good things with that. I'm just happy to be back, be back in the studio with you, man. That's awesome. What's new with you? Oh, um, well, I'm just about to finish up with my uh, summer classes at uh, community college classes I'm taking. Oh, you're almost done already? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna finish those in. Uh, I think I'm gonna finish those. I think next week. So I'm looking forward to that. And then for the next two months, I'm gonna be working on my uh, college applications and stuff to transfer and i feel like you just started those classes like right before we went to camp that's I yeah mean, i know but it's been it's, I was, i'm guessing it's been about a month and a half or so mm-hmm. hasn't it? that's crazy yeah there's parts of this year 2020 where it feels like it's fun it's flown by and there's some things where i'm like yeah it's gone on for like a long time that it's only it's only you know july that's it's crazy but that's awesome man so oh yeah you, you are you excited to get ready to apply for some schools i am i mean like uh i'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, you know, obviously something a little bit new and different. I'm a little bit nervous about, you know, just, you know, with all the different things that, you know, go into it. But it's but it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to, looking forward to the next chapter, just seeing where things are going to go. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it can be a little time-consuming applying for different schools. Oh, here. yeah. How, how many are you applying to? Do you know uh, I don't know the... I know of at least two that you... Right. I, I'm sure there's more. I think I oh, applied yeah. to maybe... Yeah, four or five, and really? I got into a few of them, and then just chose Charlotte as you know. I felt like that was the right one to go to, but yeah, they're time consuming, but they're definitely worth it. I mean, it's just like a job application. I mean, you just remember that. And like I've told you before, you know, save all your documents because some some school applications ask almost the same thing. You know, oh, so yeah. as long as you kind of you know make it sound like you're talking directly to that school, um, that'll save you a bunch of time too. Oh, for, oh, for sure. Hey, there's the first one. That's right. I I will definitely keep all that in mind for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what two for sure's and three almost four minutes. That's not bad. We're yeah. we're off to a pretty decent start. Yeah, thank you. You haven't gone too crazy just yet. I'm not sure yet. when we when we get to sports. Oh yeah, I'll um, be going crazy. That's gonna then. be crazy because somebody got paid. Someone did get paid. And they won't get paid as long as Bobby Bonilla is going to get paid. No. About four years less than that. But somebody got paid, and we're going to talk about that in sports. We're going to sum up um, our trip to camp last week during the Doe Play Devo. But I tell you what, man, it 
It's good to be back here in, in the studio. In the studio. T-H-E studio right here. I, sitting right here, I got my Arizona Arnold Palmer half and half tea and lemonade. Um, Amber, I'm not cheating on our diet. It's only got to <laughs> see right right at around 80 calories in this whole can. So Ooh, I think it'd be all right. We, we said we could do tea and water. It was free game, but no carbonation for a while. Okay. So I'm going to sit back and enjoy this during the break. That sounds good. Hey y'all, it's Neil here. While Cody and I are sitting back, taking a little break, maybe taking a sip of water or who knows what, um, just want to thank y'all for listening to the podcast. We got a good show lined up today and just wanted to let you know that if you hadn't subscribed yet, please subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Um, if you want to get in touch with us and you don't see us, you don't see our beautiful faces every day, um, you can email us if that's what you're into, reverendbabble at gmail.com. Um, we're on Twitter at reverendbabble. There's links to mine and Cody's personal Twitter accounts on that page as well. We're also on Instagram and Facebook now um, at reverendbabble on Instagram, keeping it simple. And just search Reverend Babble Podcast on Facebook. Give us a like, give us a follow. If you want to talk to us, like I said, we'll talk right back. But enough of that. Let's get back to the show. And we're back. Welcome to the double play Devo portion of the show. You know, this is basically the portion of the show, you know, where we just kind of talk about different topics to different topics, you know, that are related to our Christian walk or the Bible or just kind of anything that just comes across our minds related to that. And for this week's topic, we are going to actually talk about our trip to Casel last week. Yeah, we we had a great time. I had a good time. Oh, yeah, Did man. Have a good, oh, yeah, I, I, listened, I had a great time. I listened back to our recording to our podcast last week. Oh, the one with uh, John? Yeah, with John. By the way, John, if you're listening, appreciate you, buddy. I'm glad that I didn't oh, have oh, yeah. to get on your ramps too much. And <laughs> you were pretty nice when it came to my sports teams, too. I was very thankful for that. But listening back to that, I sounded exhausted on that <laughs> recording. I didn't realize how tired I sounded until I listened back to it. I was listening to it. You emailed me the raw copy before you know before it post. Right. And you emailed me that when me and my parents were on the way back down to North Myrtle to meet up with Amber. Oh, and really? Then, oh, okay. So we listened to it, and I said, oh, no. And my dad said, what? I said, I sound exhausted on that Well, <laughs> Well, it's actually kind of funny. Well, it's kind of funny that you're critiquing – you how you were during that one because I thought I spoke like ten times faster than I normally oh, really? do. And what I think it was is because we had like a limited amount of time that we were sure. in there, and I guess I just kind of like subconsciously felt like I had to talk ten times faster than right. I normally talk, which, which is didn't. pretty fast already. Yeah, so. you, it's pretty fast already. Um, I, I didn't know that you felt like you had to hit fast forward, but you know, John Harris is a busy man. <laughs> Apparently, more than, more than I realized he is. I think he was busy enough to, to want to go on home that afternoon. But well, once again, appreciate you for getting on the podcast last week, John. And it seems like we got some pretty good feedback about it. Maybe we can get some more guests on oh, yeah, for as sure. the week goes on. And, That'd be um, a lot of fun. We can talk about some of those later. But, man, what an awesome week it came oh, yeah. to kind of get back on subject. We we didn't stay a full week. We stayed till Thursday. Yes. Right? Um, it was completely different this year oh, yeah. it was compared good. to any other summer at Caswell. Completely um, different feel. Listeners, if y'all have been to Fort Caswell as a camper, as a youth pastor, as just a chaperone, or as a cook for a youth group, 
you know what summer's like down there. Usually it's probably, you know, seven, 800 kids. It's a in lot. One week. Um, Hatch Auditorium is packed. Yeah, I was about to say, Hatch is packed. Um, and you're always hot. Unless you buy the air vent on the end of a row, then you're yeah, freezing. Then you're freezing cold <laughs> in there. That's right. And you're usually waiting forever in line to get a milkshake. That was none of that this time. No, I mean, right? it was like, well, like, it was just so weird because, like, you know, like, I'm walking from one end of the area to the other you know because like where our house was you know was you know like kind of towards the ocean right like it was pretty close to there mm-hmm. you know so like walking from there all the way to the drift in which is almost at the front you mm-hmm. know like where the barracks and stuff are it was weird because like the whole time we're walking i probably saw like three or four people yeah it was <laughs> i think we were one of four groups down there i think maybe even three but i know it wasn't any more than four yes down there crazy. and we were what one of one of two that were eating in the cafeteria you, there was only two groups including us right, right. so the, the cafeteria were like eating in, I, in a cafeteria i've never eaten in, the, in that cafeteria would it be that quiet in the summertime oh never i know in it, my it, life that it was, was crazy weird. um i never got through milkshake line that fast um no never um, had that much smaller of a service, which was perfect for me because it was just us. Right. Um, I don't know how the, the people that they have during the summer should go out there and speak in front of a thousand kids, but it's probably easy when you don't know many of them. Right. But it was just us this time. We did our own services. We did our own small groups. We split off, you know, guys and girls. Right. And we did our own prayer partners, which I think was a big hit. Right. I know oh, yeah, it was absolutely. with you. Um, um, for y'all that are listening, we... I paired them up with kids that not that they didn't like know, but maybe they just didn't talk to as much because right. um, if you're a member at Midway or know anything about our youth group, we got a pretty tight knit group. Really, really. We're right. Not, it's not really clicky. There's not really. No, two I don't group, see any clicks here here. in it. And I'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Yeah. And, but I, I wanted to pair them up with people that they might talk, not talk to as much on Sunday night and Wednesday nights. And I think it went off pretty well. I, uh, it was if you've ever seen Remember the Titans, you know when they're at the camp, they room with somebody they've never met before or don't really know, and they have to ask them questions like to get to know them. Right. And so just like, just like they did on there, I asked y'all, "Hey, what'd you learn about your prayer partner today?" And I, I feel like that was a big hit. But what, what were you going to say about prayer partners? Oh, um, well, well, as well as far as like the group as a whole was concerned, like. Like as far as the group as a whole is concerned, I definitely believe you're right about there not being any clicks because like I've been a part of several different things like not like just youth groups, but like any kind of sure. like groups or organizations right. in particular. And it can definitely tend to be pretty clicky of like certain people only hanging out with certain amount of people. And it's kind of hard to interact with everybody because, you know, like it's kind of hard to talk to everybody because everybody kind of only wants to talk to the people that they're comfortable talking with yeah, uh-huh. and kind of want to like just hang out with, you know, but like I didn't really feel that way about the group from, uh, uh, about the group from the start. And this is honestly coming from a pretty unbiased party because I like just came to y'all's youth group, like less than a year. You're almost a year in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. this come August, I think you'll be a year in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But even from the st- from start, I didn't feel like it was very clicky. I felt like it was very open, talking to everybody. And I got to talk to a lot of different people that, like, I didn't get to talk to a, a lot before we went. Mm-hmm. And I think after that, like, you know, just being able to talk to different people and just kind of getting to know a little bit more about them. Like, with my prayer partner, James, for the week, I really enjoyed getting to talk to him. Sure. Getting to know him more, as well as the other people I got to talk more and interact with that I really didn't as much before we went. I just had a lot of time up 
I had a lot of fun doing that time and just, you know, enjoying that. And, you know, just overall experience of it kind of being a smaller camp, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like, or like as far as the amount of people that were there, because it made it more uh, personal. Yeah, and, uh, you I know, thought so too. Like more personal between like the people within the group, you know, because it was mainly just us and a few other groups there. And it was mainly like just us hanging around each other about the whole time anyway. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, so to be able to kind of have that more personal interaction than you maybe wouldn't get as much of if it was the normal casual camp. So I think that was pretty Cool yeah, absolutely, and and I'll be I'll be straight up front up honest with you. However you say it, I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I thought it was either gonna go two ways. One, um, y'all were gonna be bored out of your mind <laughs> because there wasn't that much stuff open, and right. it was like a really condensed version, right? Or two, y'all were gonna absolutely love it, and I believe it was two for everybody. Oh yeah, I think it's a consistent uh, consensus that everybody. Loved it, and I think they. I think y'all loved it uh, enough to where I think I might have messed up. I think y'all might want oh, no. to just do y'all like your own version of camp, because <laughs> I've heard so many great things from the parents where, you know, they've told me that they've really that the kids enjoyed building up relationships within the youth group because, mm-hmm. not not knocking on what goes on in a normal you know summer at Castle, but all right, you're no, around so many kids, and that's great to build up relationships with other kids from other churches, but you might not ever see them again, right? Right. With these kids, you're seeing them at least once, maybe twice a week. If you come on Sunday too, please come on Sundays, by the way. <laughs> um, but it was really cool to see y'all build up together. And, right. Um, y'all didn't, I didn't, it didn't seem to me like y'all got tired of each other come Thursday. I think some of y'all no. were even sad to leave. I, it was bittersweet to leave, um, but it was, it was a whole lot of fun. Um, what was like one of your favorite times of us like you know whether it was a small group a prayer partner or a large group what was one of your favorite times what was your kind of highlight um i guess for me just kind of the overall just feel of you know kind of what i mentioned earlier just kind of feeling that you could just um talk to anybody in the group and got to kind of know them a lot more that was obviously the i mean like that was obviously the case during small groups you got to talk to your like individual like people in your room more yeah. and just, you know, the guys you were rooming with more, you know, and as far as the large group was, I thought the amount of uh, connection that everybody had with the large group lessons was really cool, especially the last night. Oh, yeah. That was a really cool experience. I'm going to talk about that in a second, but keep going. <laughs> yes, I know. I mean, like, that was a lot of fun, but just kind of, you know, you know, but to kind of like summarize answer your question, just basically the overall feeling of just kind of getting to know the people around the group more. And I obviously like talk to other people in the group before casual, but just kind of having that set time to where it was mainly just us and just being able to kind of get to know the people that you were rooming with more or, or just the people as a whole in the youth group more, you know, was just really cool to see because I talked to a lot of people that I didn't talk to as much before we went. And I definitely feel like that I've definitely connected with a lot more people and gotten to know this a lot more about them in general because of the trip. That's awesome. And I really enjoyed it. It paid off because of it being just us. Right. Right. And not saying that you would do it out of like being, you know, um, non-social or not wanting to get to know people, but the probability of you going to talk to an eighth grader in the group is not as high as you talking to somebody like Brady or somebody like that's like a high schooler right. in the group, right? There's we got Someone several. That's high, don't, to my age. don't get big headed, Brady. I just you were the first one that came in my mind, okay? <laughs> um, but um, that's what I'm talking about. That was a big payoff of it being the small group, so you could kind of connect with the middle schoolers or the ones that just aged up until you get through it. Because 
I think it was perfect for them. Perfect might not be a good word because maybe it was really good right. for them, right? Because for that, for that to be the first experience as you're becoming part of the youth group is to go three hours away from home on the end of an island away from your mom and daddy and just being with kids you might not know that well. I think that paid off to have just us and not oh, yeah. so many other people. But, yeah, that was cool. And, you know, I thought the highlight of the week was going to be the seashell thing where we kind of wrote you know, on the seashell to kind of let, let go of yeah, some things. And, yeah, and for me, that was a really cool moment for me. I really liked that. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool. And I, I borrowed that from summer staff when I was on staff down there at Castle. We, we did that one night as a Vesper service on Sunday night. Um, but we, you know, we were talking about, you know, letting your light shine and sometimes there's things that can get in the way of our light, right? So oh, we have absolutely. to let go of those things. So listeners, what we did was we wrote down things that maybe we struggle with, maybe some worldly obsessions, maybe some sin that we just, we need to let go of. Now, obviously throwing a seashell into the river is not going to save you from that sin, right? It's just a representation of we need to let it go, right? right? It needs to go away and we don't need to go and pick it up because it's hard to go pick up a seashell in the middle of the Cape Fear River when it's like, you know, 80 feet deep out there while the cargo ships come in and whatnot. But the absolute highlight of the week, I think it was for me, it was definitely for the other chaperones and for a lot of y'all, was the Wednesday night large group. Oh, yeah. And um, we did it later that night because I wanted it to be darker. And um, we used... It was ahead. definitely dark. It was definitely dark, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but like I told y'all before, the theme of, of camp that we came up with was being the light in the darkness, right? And that's out of Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus says, You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, um, nor does anybody light a lamp and put, uh, put it up under a basket, but they put it up on a lampstand so everybody can see, right? That might, be, that, that might be the Neil Huntley version. That might be the NH, NHV, but that's not King James. But it's pretty close, right? NHV. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't quote me on that. Um, but we talked about, you know, letting our light shine. And the last night was talking about how we can spread that light, right? right? So we turned all the lights off in the house. It was super dark in there. I mean, like, it was like, it was extremely dark. I mean, it's like... How the old saying is you couldn't see your hair in front of your face. I, I could not see my oh, hair yeah. in front of my face there, at all. There was it was no, that dark. I was I was a little worried that we were going to have artificial light, like street lights come in the window from the back, but we didn't. Mm -hmm. I was very surprised about that because I told y'all to be, you know, kind of quiet and mature when I turned the lights off. But even when I turned the light off, I want to go, ooh, you know, it was dark in there. Um, but we turned on glow sticks, right? Like I, I turned mine on first and right. said, this is a representation of me getting saved. And then, I, you know, what if I tell somebody about Jesus and their light turned on? You tell three more, and their light turns on. Before we know it, that room was lit up green. Like, it was bright yeah. in there, wasn't it? And um, out of that, not just out of that session, but out of the whole week, we had um, two students get saved for the first time, which, that's, you know. In that's my, always really awesome. In, oh, man, in my in my few years, of my very few years of experience as a youth pastor, that's the first time that's happened with my group. Um, so that was very overwhelming and um, very humbling. I'm, it's, I'm taking my breath away just talking about it right now. Uh, but we had two salvations in the group, people that, you know, got to know Jesus for the very first time that night. Um, and we also had six or seven kids. They're not, some of them are kind of getting older, but <laughs> I still call them kids. Rededicate their life to Christ that night. Um, and some that I've been praying about for a very long time. And, man... I know y'all saw me how hype I was that night. Oh, I, man, yeah. I, you were hyped up I, there. I think I could have ran three or four laps around camp, and, you know, I probably would have been breathing hard as big as I am right now. Um, but, man, I was fired up, and it was such 
it's I, it just I'm sitting back right now and there's just no way to describe how awesome it was that night. And I know it wasn't because of anything I said or anything that, you know, we could have got saved anywhere. You know, Caswell is special, but it's just a place just like this house is, just like the studio is that we're sitting in right now. But, man, what an awesome, what an, what an awesome night, especially to be able to see people that you know and people that you really care for get to know Jesus for the first time. Right. And that, man, that was an awesome feeling. But we got baptism coming up at church this coming Sunday. Yeah. Um, we got two in the youth that's going to get baptized this week at, on the Creek. Um, so that's going to be really fun, but it's going to be pretty awesome for sure, man. What, a, what an awesome experience. Oh yeah, Seriously. I, I, absolutely. I mean, well, like, well, like here's the thing for me, this was my seventh year, uh, going down to Caswell as a, as a student. I've been, right. I, I've been going ever since I was eligible. It was the first year though, when I'm, Although it was my first year, though, I went with you. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like, you know, so, so even though I had been to Castle before, there were a lot of different things that were new. I mean, like, I'm, and obviously, the people I was going with, with I haven't never gone to before. Sure. Plus, plus the camp as a whole was different because of the pandemic and everything that was going on. Yeah. It, it changed the way that it was. So it honestly, for me, was kind of, so so honestly for me it was kind of the first time going to that because it was it was so different from mm-hmm. the from the other times I've gone and it's 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 definitely one of the best if not one of the it's definitely been one of the best if if not the best experience I've had just hanging out with other people that are like-minded and just going to a place where 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 you know where Jesus and God has talked about a lot and just kind of seeing the impact it has on other people's lives it has on mine I know it has on yours too absolutely and you know like and just kind of you know and like just kind of seeing that as being older you know because like I went in sixth grade for the first time and I was it was obviously like brand new to me mm-hmm. but just kind of seeing how I've progressed as a person and you know like as a Christian too, in, yeah. in my walk with Christ over that time period. And then kind of seeing kind of, you know, the changing of the guard, you can quote unquote mm-hmm. call it, you know, you know, it's like I just graduated high school. So as far as me being a student going goes, that's over. I, well, just wait till you see it as a leader or as, oh, a, I know. <clears throat> as a chaperone. It, it gets, it gets so awesome from here on out. I mean, just sitting back and, and going back, what I said, it's not, I, when I said, Kids got saved not because of what I said. That doesn't mean I went up there and you know just said nonsense, oh, right? But that was God, right? The God I was very, I'm very thankful, and I prayed to God several times that night that I was able to be used in that kind of situation, right? But my words didn't save those two kids that night. My words didn't rededicate those other kids that night. That was God. That was God, right. and I'm thankful that I listened to God and wrote down what he wanted me to write down and talk about, <laughs> right? Because if I just write down what I'm going to say, it's nonsense half the time. Um, but that was God, and we could see God all over the place. You can feel God as soon as you go across that speed bump and barely fit the bus in the gate. Um, but, man, what an awesome, what an awesome week. I can't, I can't say anything else. Just, it, was oh, just, yeah. it was just awesome, man. It was a... Uh... It was definitely a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. The experience was, like you said, it was amazing. I can't really think of anything else to say other than it was just amazing. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It was a really good way to end my student career as a as a casual camper goer, and I, I just really enjoyed it. And I'm really glad I was able to spend it with you and the rest of the of the youth group down there. Well, I appreciate that, buddy. That means a lot. And like I said, this it, this this is, has been a really humbling. <laughs> experience especially the last week man 
what an experience. And if you want to see our experience, we put a YouTube video up. Yes, we um, did. You can search YAM students, YAM stands for Youth at Midway, YAM students on YouTube, and the video is right there. And um, so, yeah, but that's, that's all we got for the Double Play Devo. Hope you all enjoyed that. Going to take another breather. Be right back with some sports. Hey everybody, what's going on? I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Just wanted to take a second just to let you guys know that if you have any prayer needs or just something on your mind, you can always contact us through our social medias. They are in the show notes in the description of this podcast. And just always wanted to let you know that that's always available. If you just want to talk to somebody, if you have any questions, just let us know. And I hope you guys are having a great day. And now back to the show. All right, y'all, it's sports time. Time to update y'all on the week that was in the glorious world of sports. This is The Weekly Score. The Weekly Score. Sounds good to say that again, right? Yes, Sounds it does. good, especially in the studio and all that. Uh, we got some great sports stories to talk about today. So since it's going to be a baseball story, first pitch will go out to Mr. Cody Kelly. Go for it, sir. All right. <sighs> Cody, Cody. <laughs> It's like you're running out of the bullpen or something. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So, Major League Baseball, as you know, because I said in the last episode, is going to come back. The first day of the season will be July 23rd. So, for me, as a baseball guy, I'm really happy. I'm really happy about that, excited about that. The first game of the season will be on the 23rd at 7 o'clock. It'll be the Yankees versus the Nationals. Yankees versus Nationals first game? Yeah. So that's first game of the whole season. That's who should have been in the World Series versus the World Series champions, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So that should be a pretty awesome game. Is there anybody that's really notable that's backed out on either two teams? Um, as far as like, like as far as the Yankees and the Nationals go, there haven't been any like, like major players that have said that they're going to back out quite yet. Really, the only person who has talked a lot is a uh, Sean Sean Doolittle. He oh, okay. hasn't, yeah, yeah. Like he hasn't said he's backed out, but you right. know, like he tends to talk a lot about stuff anyway. That's the p- pitcher on the Nationals. That's right. their closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. Nationals closer Sean Doolittle. I mean, he, he's just basically like concerned about the safety protocols and all gotcha. that kind of stuff. That's basically all that's come out from them. So is that the only kickoff game? Well, not opening. Is that the only open day game, or is there going to be two of them? There's actually. Two of them. There's going to be the one against the Yankees at and Nats at seven, okay. and then at ten o'clock it'll be the uh, it'll be the San Francisco Giants and Los Angeles Dodgers. You Ooh, know, so in the L- rivalry, the rivalry start already. Oh nice. yeah, oh yeah. You know, to start the year, it'll be the first year though the Giants won't have Madison Bumgarner though because he's on Arizona now. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. You know, he's a North Carolina boy too. He's from yeah, near Hickory. So yeah, it, that's he's that, from Hickory. That that that's going to be weird to see him on the Diamondbacks, which that'll be a topic we can talk. about about yeah as we close out the show but i mean that you said the 23rd right that's i'm looking at the calendar that is just a little over two weeks away yes it is that's so exciting man. i know I was Baseball about to say, it's really back. exciting after how many episodes did we talk about they might do this they might do that they said no to this they said no to that that finally we got some baseball coming up we Cody. do i'm really looking forward to that for sure of course one of the concerns going into the baseball season is also players 
choosing not to play for the season. Right. You know, like which, uh, you know, which like for players on the Braves, for example, like uh, Felix Hernandez has opted out of the year. So has Braves outfitter Nick Markakis. Mm -hmm. And Freddie Freeman has actually tested positive. Yeah. And thoughts and prayers out to Freddie and his family. Oh, absolutely. I I remember seeing that. We were at the beach last week and I said, oh, man, because um, Amber didn't really watch baseball much until we got married. And, you know, I would just have it on whether we were folding clothes or working out or doing something. I just had the Braves game on, so she got hooked into watching it. And she's so excited for baseball to be back too. But she was like – she was like actually sad and upset that Freddie was sick, which, I mean, any person that's sick, that's sad. But, you know, we just felt that connection with the team because right. they were on our TV almost every night in the summertime, you know. Um, so, I um, hope you're getting to feel better, feeling better, Freddie. And and honestly, th- this is going to sound bad. I forgot we had Felix Hernandez on the team oh, because, man. I mean, I was excited about it. And he was there for spring training. Right. But then all this stuff happened. I was just thinking about the good old Braves. And when I think Atlanta Braves, I don't think of Felix Hernandez. But um, hopefully he'll stick around and maybe come back next year. I'm not sure. I know he's getting up there in age. Um, but – I know we got the Mets. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so the, Braves. the Mets on opening day for the Braves, and the Red Sox have Baltimore. So that is, should be pretty is it, easy is wins. It three, is it three games for you two? I know it's three games for I'm, the Braves. I'm pretty sure it's three games. I'm I'm pretty sure it's three games. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it's three games. Okay, yes. Yeah, so you should start out 3-0. and That's what I'm hoping for. We should start out 3-0, hopefully. Yeah. The only thing we have to worry about is Jake DeGrom and opening what's day. Name, Alonzo. The first baseman for the oh yes yeah yeah I forget his first name the first baseman Pete Alonso yeah, yeah Pete Alonso so that's the only really two people I can worry about is threats on the Mets another kind of there's not many threats on the Mets <laughs> that rhymes <laughs> um, but it should be exciting Six, oh yeah sixty games yeah right? sixty games I, I got a bold prediction for okay. the major leagues and then I'll ask you what your bold prediction is just because it's a prediction doesn't mean it, it needs to have it's just bold it's going to be far out there right sixty games right yes. Ronald Acuna. Okay. 40 home runs. In 60 games? Yep. No. That, that's that's what you call bold, Cody. I was about to say, that is a very, very bold prediction because it took him all season to just hit 40 last year. Well, now he knows that he's on a time crunch, so he's just going to be uppercutting every single <laughs> ball that comes. And he uh, hopefully he'll run out these pot flies like because last year he got in a little trouble about that. I know. I watched that game live, and I yep. was very upset. Yep. We did, too. And at first, I thought it was gone because anything that gets hit in the air by Acuna, I think it's a bomb just because he can just, you know, lay one out there. But, uh, yeah, Snicker got into him big time about yeah, that, which I can't blame him for it because nah, he could have easily – I don't blame him for that either. He could have been at second base, maybe even third base for that, you know. Um, but what's a bold prediction that you might have? It, it, it don't have to be about the Red Sox, but I was kind of hoping it would be. Okay, let's see. My bold prediction is that – that the winner of the American League West, which is the same division as the Astros, right. it, it will not be the Astros this year. You don't think it's going to be the I Astros? I do not think so. Also about the Astros, I believe that there will be a major league record set for most beamed batters <laughs> <laughs> on the Astros. And it'll be the record will be for a 162-game season, and we're going to break it into a 60-game yeah. season this year. <laughs> because, you know, we almost everybody's forgot about what the Astros did because of baseball right. being so delayed. Right, because of other news and everything now, like that. Now baseball's coming back, and we saw what Trevor Bauer had on the other day. with He, he was kind of picking at the Astros. That was hilarious. And some other things, but people are like, oh yeah, the Astros cheated. Let's get them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I believe that. The, I mean, especially opening day, whenever their opening day game is, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. No, not at all. I mean, so like for the winner of the AOS, I want to, 
Like, like I said, this is a bold prediction. Like you said, bold predictions. Right. I'm going to go with Oakland. Oakland. Um, Oakland's going to be in the, they're going to win the division. I'm going to go with Oakland. Okay. Who else is in the AL West? I know um, it's them and Houston. Who else? Okay, here's the thing. I would say the Angels. Yeah. But Mike Trout is considering opting out of the season. And right. if he opts out, that will drop the Angels' playoff chances a lot. Which I have two ways of thinking about that. One, totally understand. Because he is, is his has his baby been born yet? No, no, not yet. So he has a newborn on the way that could be. I think she's due, his wife's due about any time now. Yeah. So can't blame him for that. On the other side, it's a sixty game season. This might be your best shot to get into the playoffs too. Because well, that's he, true too. He's yeah. never been in the playoffs, but. On on the human side of things, I don't blame one bit. I mean, plus no, he, I don't don't, blame he don't need the money this year. He's already got almost half a billion dollar contract anyway. Um, but yeah, the Oakland A's that would be fun to see because you know people people really associate the A's if you're not an A's fan with that Moneyball movie, yeah, you know, which was a really cool movie. Um, but just to see that team out of Oakland come in and play and play in the playoffs, I mean. Their stadium's almost almost empty as it is in a normal season, so yeah. it ain't going to be much different this year. But like I talked about on the podcast last week about the pictures, that's going to be a cool thing they're doing. But oh, the yeah, Oakland sure. A's win the ALS. So which one's more? Which one's bolder? I'm going to go with yours. You think so? I don't see how Acuna can hit 40 home okay. runs in 60 games. All right, maybe 30. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay, if it's 30, then I can kind of get behind that a little bit. But 40, that just seems like too much. So he, if he does 30, that means he has to hit a home run in half the games, at least one home run. And I think he can do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. For oh, sure. I said for sure. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, it's, no, it's, no, you copy my thing. Why'd you steal my thunder, it's man? It's contagious. Oh, no. <laughs> I need to go wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Neil, how about you? What do you got? All right, well, first things first. And y'all, I I, I kind of warned warned Cody about I was going to ask him a question. Oh no! But he doesn't know what the question is, and it's not a big question. It's not a right or wrong question. It's an opinion opinionated. Is yes. that right? Is that the word? Yeah. Amber, the word, is I that think. the word? Opinionated question. Okay. Okay. Who is the greatest athlete of our generation? Okay, so like not of all time, but just like now. Well, it, I was going to say all time, but I'm going to break it down, and, I, and I'll include both of us in this generation. So from okay. 1994, which was the year okay. I was born, to now, greatest athlete. That is so hard. Just, just first one, I didn't want to give you much time to think right. about it, so first one to come to your mind. Okay. Okay. Okay, now Neil, this is probably not going to answer that you're going to like, and this is, trust me, this is just based off like his accomplishments and 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 stats alone. Okay, I, I don't really like the guy. Bring it, LeBron James. You think <laughs> you think LeBron James is the best athlete of our generation, the greatest athlete of our generation? It, it's hard to pick see, out had, of all of them, man. You had LeBron James. You had Kobe Bryant. You had let's see, Tom Brady. You got Mike Trout too in there for baseball. Yeah, Mike, I could throw Mike Trout in there for baseball. Um, it's so hard to pick though. Like that's the thing. And you said first name that came up. That's the first one. That's one of the that, first things that came that's up. That's fair. But guess what? What? You're wrong. I know that. Dead wrong. I know it's opinionated. But guess what? Your opinion wrong. Okay. But I thought you said there wasn't a right or wrong answer to this. Well, I changed my mind. Okay. I, I asked the question. I make the rules. Okay. Oh, that's true. Do you want to know who the greatest athlete of our generation is? Who? Joey Chestnut. You know what? <laughs> that actually is true. I will go with you on that. So you, you, anyone you know who with... Joey Chestnut is, right? Oh, of course I know yeah. who Joey Chestnut if, is. If, I watch it every year. If you're an American and you're proud to be one, and you, you know, if you're not on the beach at 4th of July, if you're not outside cooking, you're usually inside watching TV for a little bit on 4th of July. Joey Chestnut is the hot dog champion for, 
I'm not sure how many years now. A right? lot of years. A lot of years. That dude is a beast. Nobody can hang with him. No. Look, I ate a three and a half pound hamburger. Yes, I you was 55. Did. We hadn't talked about that yet on this <laughs> podcast. And the rule was I couldn't complain after eating that. And I wanted to a little bit, really. And I was shaking from all the sodium. I'm sure my blood pressure was through the roof. <laughs> I did that a couple weeks ago. But Joey Chestnut on, on July 4th this year ate 75 hot dogs. In 10 minutes. In 10 minutes. 75 hot dogs. And buns. Yeah. Did you watch it? I watched it. Yes, I watched it, yeah. Did you see how painful that looked? I was about to say, I was about to say, um, yeah, if I were to kind of describe that in like two words, it would be painful and gross. How about ouch and I want to take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) But 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. It took me 20 minutes to eat that three and a half pound burger and I... I'm still, you know, skeptical about seeing red meat right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, I mean, that was brutal, nonetheless. But 75 hot dogs. I know this guy's a professional eater. I know he does all kind of competitions. I I think he did one for St. Patrick's Day one time where he ate like eight pounds of corned beef or something like that, uh, which is that corned beef, ugh, anyway. Yeah, I know. That's... But, you know, usually when I cook a hot dog, Cody, I sit back. I enjoy the time on the grill. They don't take much time to grill. You know, all you got to really do is heat them up. Right. By the way, don't YouTube what's in the hot dog. Just sit back, no, throw, some, throw some ketchup on it, and enjoy it. Um, but I usually sit back, play some country music while I'm grilling, throw that bad boy on a bun, get some ketchup, maybe some slaw. If you don't have slaw, just a little bit of mayonnaise on there, make it real nice. And I just sit back and enjoy it. I don't want <laughs> 75 of them. I don't want 75 of them. And that dude did it with no problem. And he just, like, shoved those last two or three in, like, oh, I mean, okay, let's just do 75. Just, I mean, he has no competition right now. No. I don't. Do you remember the second place guy? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he had, like, 50 or 51. Yeah. It wasn't even close. So, Joey could have stopped at 60 and took a nap and won, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, this guy, the only competition he's had in the past is that Kobayashi guy, which yes. I'm, I'm not sure if he's even still doing it. I hadn't really kept up with him. But the only competition that he has is himself. He's just beating his record. Yeah, every I was time. about to like, say. Oh, I did 75 last year. Let me just throw one more in there real quick, you know, before this time runs out. I don't know how he doesn't get sick right after he claims that he doesn't. I don't know how he trains for something like that and stays the way, the size he is. But Well, here's the thing. One thing's for sure. I bet he hates – well, like, here's the thing. He probably likes and hates July 4th at the same time because he wins everything, but then – I bet he hates going to the bathroom that night. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not even going to go there, but you're completely <laughs> you're completely correct on that. But that is the greatest athlete of our generation, Joey Dagum Chestnut. That's very hard to argue. Awesome. Thank you. All right, next story. Um, first of all, I hadn't talked about wrestling in a while just because it hadn't been much, but I saw something today, and I'm not going to spend much time on it, and I just wanted to see what your reaction is <laughs> out of this. So – I watch wrestling here and there, usually when I'm not busy or something going on on Monday or Friday. Um, but I keep up with it on my phone. I watch the pay-per-views here and there, you know, once we get home from church on a Sunday night. But their next pay-per-view is called Extreme Rules, where they just do outlandish stuff, like not a normal just one, two, three, you're pinned kind of match, you know, story. Right. I saw one today. It said that Rey Mysterio, if you, know, if you watch wrestling, you know who these guys are, that Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins are going – you're going to compete in an eye for an eye match where one has to poke, poke out the other person's eye. I said, wait, what? What? Yeah. What in the world? I, I know, I know this is a scripted show. I know it's like a, like a male soap opera, right? Yeah. But poking somebody's eye out. Yeah. I was about to say, why would you intentionally 
say yes, I'm, why I'm don't, gonna do that. Why don't we just get Ralphie with his Red Rider BB gun to shoot somebody? <laughs> you know? But that, I mean, I just wanted to mention that because I saw that like ten minutes before I got here today, and I was like, hold on a second. I know we've gotten extreme in wrestling before, but let's not poke somebody's eye. I was about to say, that's really extreme. Hopefully that was just like clickbait or something to click on. It wasn't even from WWE's Twitter. Um, it was from something else. I can't remember what. But that, that threw me for a loop. But next one, NASCAR. NASCAR. We had the Brickyard race at Indianapolis yeah. over the weekend. That was a little crazy because it really started to show how – much of a disadvantage it is to not have practice and to not have qualifying in these races because we had two cars just all of a sudden just forget how to turn like the drivers were going i mean in indianapolis it's a giant almost like a squared oval there's like big old just big old long stretches and, and four little tight turns so they can get up to 200 miles an hour easy in oh those yeah cars. would you know that's just going down the interstate for us um, <laughs> <laughs> um but there were some of these cars, I think it was Denny Hamlin and Alex Bowman, and I, I can't remember if there was somebody else, but they were just going into a turn, and their car just stopped turning, and they smacked the wall, and the car burst into flames. Luckily, both guys got out fine. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we've been talking about ever since they started back, especially when they were doing twice-a-week racing, there's no practice, so there's no adjustments, so there's no going out into the track and saying, well, this is a little loose, let's tighten that up, or that's too tight, let's loosen this up. There's no doing that. There's no qualifying, so you're not getting a feel of how fast you really can get around this track, right? They're just going in it blind. Um, that that was a little crazy to see, and that's when they really had a disadvantage about not being able to set up their cars correctly. Right. Plus, we had a huge wreck on pit road, of all places. <laughs> so, at Indianapolis, it's the most narrow pit road in NASCAR, okay? Usually, pit roads, there's no really giant wall on the outside. It's really just grass. But, you know, usually Indianapolis is made for Indy cars, like Formula One. Um this pit road in Indy is only 24 feet wide. Ooh, that's that's not... really narrow. Yeah. And so, you know, and you know, the pit stalls, they're not in any significant order. They're really just kind of random. So you have all these cars coming in and luckily there's a speed limit. I think it's 45 on pit road, but you have all these cars coming in trying to get into the pit and out as quickly as possible because that's all position. You know, they had a five or six car pileup <laughs> at the beginning of pit road <laughs> because I mean, it's kind of hard to tell when these when these guys are breaking because there's no brake lights on, you know, on on a fiberglass shell car. Um, <laughs> but there, it was one, and then took one out, and then this one car went into the one pit stall and hit hit one of the tire guys. He was fine, luckily, he was fine. But he hit him. His helmet went flying. The tire went flying that way. The tire weighs eighty pounds. It's lucky it didn't hit nobody. But that was just chaos. But after all this chaos, if it wasn't Denny Hamlin, he didn't win because he wrecked. Kevin Harvick won. Kevin Harvick was hey, the winner. Hey, someone yeah, else learned so, Denny so, Hamlin yeah. won. Well, it's right now it's it's either Denny Hamlin or Kevin Harvick. <laughs> and luckily, well, yeah, but luckily it was Kevin Harvick because you know he won in Atlanta. He's won a few more times, but it was good to see him. He's my favorite driver. If I have to choose one, Kevin Harvick's definitely my favorite. So I was happy to see him win, and um, that was just a great race. Lastly, the big story. The big story. The big story that you know last week the big story was Cam Newton to the Patriots. Yes. Right now is the next big story. In NFL, Patrick Mahomes, ten-year contract, five hundred and three million dollars. That's your, insane. Your thoughts, Mr. Kelly? Oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start with that. Okay, here's my opinion on the contract. I get it. He's your franchise guy. He's coming to a contract year in his rookie contract. You obviously want to pay him if you're, you know, franchise quarterback and everything. Yeah. He won the MVP, won the Super Bowl. I get it. I just don't think he's given you enough of a sample size to 
for you to give him that big of a contract extension. I mean, like what I'm saying is, is like, I'm completely fine if you give him an extension. I just don't think you should have given him 10 years, 10 years. or $503 million. I mean, like, here's the thing. It's like, yes, he's an amazing quarterback. He won a Super Bowl, won an MVP, and, you know, and he's only like, what, 24 years old. Yeah. So, like, as far as that goes, I completely understand the contract extension. I mean, like, you'd be, you know, like, it would surprise me a lot if they didn't obviously give him a contract extension. Oh, yeah. So, like... So as far as giving him an extension, I get it, but the amount of money and the length of the extension, I don't really understand. Oh yeah, and and I I agree with you and I disagree with you in a couple of ways. The way I disagree is he's already won Super Bowl, right? He's already won Super Bowl. I mean, did he get Super Bowl MVP? I think he I did. can't remember. I, can't I know remember. he got league MVP. Yeah. So they're you know on on the business side of things they're like all right well we can't achieve any higher let's just keep doing what we're doing right. and make sure he doesn't go anywhere right of course right the, where I where I agree with you is ten years yeah that's a long time that's a long time at, at well this, he's twenty four right now he's going to be under contract until he's like thirty four thirty five well at this point who knows if we're going to make it ten more years on this earth anyway the way twenty twenty is going right well yeah. twenty thirty even exist we don't know that's like when you see where two colleges agree with like a home and home series in football and they're like in 2047 or something like that. I mean, who knows what we're going to be doing by then? We might all be living on Mars by 2030. (laughs) We don't know. Um, And to kind of say what my buddies that bring back the buzz said on their Twitter account, um, Evan and Scotty, that's, that's a long time because if you think about it just five years ago and five years ago can seem long, sometimes not so much. Just five years ago, Cam Newton was the MVP of the league. Yeah. He was on, you know, he was on cloud nine. He was getting all the commercials. He was getting all this stuff. He almost won us a Super Bowl, right? And then five years later, he's on a completely different team, having to prove himself again after he won the MVP. Well, that's the reason, though, why I'm hesitant. It isn't that I don't think Patrick Mahomes can do well. I mean, I think he can. Like, I think Cam Newton will do good on the Patriots. I just think that in the long run – is it worth it? Because, you know, I mean, like, and like, obviously, like, here's the thing. People can compare this to Tom Brady because you've been seeing that a lot in sports as far as, like, sure. the level of play in the Super Bowl and all that stuff. Tom Brady's been taking pay cuts his whole career. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, like here's the thing. When he signed with the Bucks, that was his biggest salary he's ever gotten. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even for the Patriots. Right. So, so I mean, and, and the, that, that looks dirt cheap compared to Pat Mahomes. I know, but, but like his contract looks dirt cheap now yeah. because of Mahomes' contract. Right. And now and that makes look, looks like Cam Newton got paid in rolled quarters, you know. <laughs> um, but, and, and will his contract be worth it this year? Yeah. Yes. Will it be worth it in two years? Sure. Sure. But where, why not just, you know, do a five-year contract? Right. And then reassess after that. Because, I mean, you know, I wanted Cam on the Panthers forever, you know, because Cam was my one of my favorite players. He still is. But, you know, I'm going to have to cheer for him a little differently since he's on, especially the Patriots now, <laughs> right? Um, but I understood why he's only there. He was only there for like a four-year contract. He got paid a bunch of money in those four years. Right. And I knew that his contract – First round I knew his, yeah, I knew his con- contract was coming up, just like, you know, we knew Keekley was coming up and with the Hornets. We knew Kimball Walkers was coming up. Contracts end. That's part of contracts, right? Um. But they're meant to reassess after a time so they can get paid more money after that. That way you're not stuck in that same deal. But, I mean, this is like something, you know, what you would do on franchise mode in Madden. It's like, I don't want to get rid of this quarterback 10 years, all the money that I can spend right. on this. That That's a long time. And hopefully it'll pay off in the long run. 
hopefully it won't be like a Bobo Bonilla deal, <laughs> which by the way, um, this contract will still end before Bobo Bonilla stops getting paid. Yes. So he gets paid till 2035. Five. This ends in 2031, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. I was about to say, that's different. hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, we think about how ridiculous it is, but then it's even more ridiculous with what the Mets did with Bobby Bonilla. It's it's just astronomical. That's that's a lot of money. Hopefully it pays off in the end and it's not, it doesn't turn into a Nick Batum situation. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm excited for next year in basketball. You know why? Because Nick, that's Nick Batum's final year in his contract with the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, I cannot wait. <laughs> I, I, I have no personal, you know, anger or hatred towards the guy. He's just a human being. But that was a lot of money for what he's been doing on this team. And did he kind of deserve it at the beginning? Yeah, he was really, really good on the Trailblazers. He was great on the Trailblazers. When we got him, I was pumped. But that's about all I was. That's all <laughs> <laughs> that was about the last time I felt good about Nick Batum. But you know what, Chiefs, y'all won the Super Bowl. You got the MVP. Um, your quarterback broke the Madden curse, apparently. He, yeah, I was you know, about to won say. all the things and just got paid so much money. What's that? Yes, half a billion dollars, yep. right? Um, so more power to you. Go for it. <laughs> All right. As we close out the show, I just have, um, I posted a discussion question on my personal Twitter this morning. Um, and wanted to talk with Cody about it too, you know, with all this talk about new players or players going to new places and, you know, used to, you had to wait till they actually played in the game to see him in that uniform. Right. But now, I mean, uh, as soon as Cam Newton signed with the Patriots, there was photoshops of him yeah. and Patriot colors, which looked, you know, ridiculous, looked crazy. Right. It doesn't look like it belongs. It looks absolutely bizarre. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, and it made me think about, you know, what are some other players that just don't look like they, you know, not, I wouldn't say belong, but they don't look like themselves and different teams, color, different team uniforms. So Cody, what's some ones that you, that you thought of? Well, for me as a Red Sox fan, um, Mookie Betts being on the Dodgers wearing a, wearing a Los Angeles Dodgers jersey, that's definitely kind of a weird sight for me. I mean, like, you know, because he's been like the franchise guy the last like five sure. years or so. Yeah. And he's been a lot of fun to watch. And I kind of figured something like, it, like this was going to happen because of the contract extension. He wasn't willing to, to, to take one, at least for the money that they offered him. So I had a feeling he was going to get traded. I did not think... I did. I did not think he was going to get traded to the Dodgers. So. Yeah, you know, for so, a, a good player to go to a great team, you know, that's, right, that's yeah, crazy. So uh, he'll be wearing a little bit lighter shade of blue. That's which that'll be when baseball starts in a couple of weeks. That's going to definitely take some getting used to seeing. What's the other one that you thought of? Um, one of the ones that I thought was kind of you know kind of different is a uh, Ichiro Suzuki. Playing for the Yankees and the Marlins. Yeah, but yeah, Yankees and Marlins. Yeah, yeah. the Yankees and well, the Marlins. First off, any player that didn't start on the Yankees when they go to the Yankees, it, it looks crazy. Yeah, right? I know. Because not only are they in pinstripes, which they don't look like they belong. Right? Not belong. That's a, that's a bad word to say. It doesn't look like they fit. Right. right. Um, but they also have to like clean shape, right? Right. So like when like uh, Randy Johnson. Well, Johnny Damon too. Yeah. You remember what Johnny Damon looked like on the Red Sox? Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, he looked like he belonged with the with the uh, with the Robertsons on Duck Dynasty. Yeah. Right? And then he went to the to Yankees and he clean shaved short hair. That, so that's crazy. But yeah, and then you said what other teams you say eat your own? Uh, he was on Miami. Yeah, the Marlins. Yeah, the Marlins. That was that, that was, was really weird. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, but what's funny is all of his like most notable accolades as far as like. As far as like big accomplishments, like three thousandth hit, he got his three thousandth hit when he played for Miami, and I think he got his like four thousandth combined hit, like combined his major league career and Japanese career on the Yankees. Yeah. So like he got a major accomplishment on the Yankees as far as hits, and he got another major accomplishment 
with hits on the Marlins. But he's best known for his play in Seattle. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's bizarre. Yeah. You know, and which it was kind of cool seeing him, seeing him go back and playing with Seattle for the last couple of years of his career. Right. That was obviously really cool to see. Yeah, it's always good, especially when somebody goes away from a team like that to go back and finish it, finish up like that. Yeah. That's always cool. Cause it kind of gives the fans closure that we're so devoted to that player. You know, um, I remember like, and this isn't part of my part, but like when the Panthers had Moose and Muhammad, he wide receiver and I ever, I loved Moose down here. Then he went and played for Chicago and that was just weird to see him play for the bears. But then he came back and then he retired. And so that can gave people closure. Right. Um, two I thought about first one, was um, Tony Parker in a Hornets jersey? Uh-huh. That they, he only played one year here. He did okay. He really wasn't it wasn't the lead role for him. But it was it was cool to see Tony Parker when I went to Hornets games. But it was so weird to not see him in silver and black in the Spurs. Because when you think Tony Parker, you think Ginobili, you think Duncan, you think right. Greg Popovich, you think all those championships they won, and then now he's sitting over here with teal and purple on. You know, yeah, that just that looked crazy. Um, the other one that in this bat and you did two baseball, I'm gonna do two basketball. Kimball Walker in a Celtics jersey. Yeah, that looks weird now. That's so weird. That looks so weird now seeing him in a yeah. Celtics jersey. Which he's, he's had a great season. He, oh, yeah. And he'll, uh, they'll be fine in this little bubble thing they're doing too. Um, but it, it looks crazy to see him in green. It really And not wearing number 15 too. Right. Because, I mean, numbers are slim pickings with the Celtics because they retired just about everybody that plays for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, 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 was, that took some getting used to. Um, Another wild card I thought of was, you know, um, Steve Smith on the Ravens. That was crazy. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Oh, okay. Oh, you got a wild card too? Yeah, I got – yes, I got one and that's a wild card. Randy Moss on the Titans. Yes, that was weird. On the Titans. You a remember of, like – A lot of people don't remember that. Yeah, so Randy Moss think, played for the Titans after he went – after he played for New England. Yeah, when you think Randy Moss not on the Vikings, you think New England. Right. But he did play for the Tennessee Titans. He, he did play for the Titans. He, he, play, he, he lived in Nashville for a little bit, yeah. which is just crazy to think. But like I said, I put this up on my Twitter feed this morning, and my tweet said, you know, seeing Cam in a Patriots jersey will take a while to get used to, right? Obviously. And that's why I asked, what other athletes looked odd to you in a different team's uniform? Um, Another one of the guys, Jeff Knotts, um, and you might know this guy, baseball. It took me a minute to realize who it was, but he said Pedro Guerrero. You know who I'm talking about baseball-wise? I'm trying to think of him on my mind. I've heard the name before. This is what he looks like. Yeah. Sorry, that's not good radio. Y'all can't see the picture. But um, Jeff said um, when Pedro was traded to the um, Cardinals that he said that broke his heart to um, not see him in Dodgers colors. Um, Kurt Fowler said Joe Montana when he went to the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, that looks weird. He even played really good for the Chiefs. Right, yeah, almost got to the Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, that looked weird. Um, Dave, David on Twitter said Dale Murphy on the Phillies. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that, but that looks crazy. You know, when you think Dale Murphy, you think the Braves. Right. To see him in those in that re, the red pinstripes and ugh, the Phillies of all teams. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Um, I had, let's see, I had um, Chaston and, let's see, who else said it? Um, at Panther Pickle, they both said Brett Favre. Brett Favre yeah, on well, the Jets and the Vikings. Yeah, well, one said on the Jets, and one of them just posted a gif of him in all the colors. Because did you know? You know, he was on the Falcons too. Right. He started out in the Falcons. Yeah, that he started looks, out in the Falcons. That looks weird. And then see him in Jets colors, in my opinion, looks more weird than the Vikings because he did so well with the Vikings, kind of like Montana did right. with the Chiefs. Um, Jessica on Twitter said Pooh Holtz on the Angels. That's even like he, what's funny though about that is. 
Pools is still under contract for like two more seasons. Yeah, with the and Angels, he's, he's been there forever. It seems like, but it's still he's been there since like 2012. It's still weird to me to see Albert Pujols in an Angels uniform and not a Cardinals. And then um, KTB said he and his was one that a lot of people think of um, MJ on the Wizards. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that's that, just weird. That was cool when I was a kid to see him in a different uniform. But you know, looking back, especially after watching the Last Dance and everything, that's so weird to see him in that blue jersey. Um, QC Panther fan. It was honestly kind of funny that that they like did everything they could to not mention him being on the Wizards at all with that documentary. They never said anything. (laughs) They never said anything about that. That's right. And uh, QC Panthers fan said Brady in the Bucks jersey is going to be weird. Yeah, seeing Grunk in Bucks jersey is going to be weird too. Yeah. Um, Joseph Freeman said Joe Montana, Michael Jordan, and then the last one, um, Wes said on Twitter, Julius Peppers in a Bears uniform. Yeah, I can agree with that too. He he looked. He looked more weird in the Packers uniform. Yeah. It was, what, number 56 or something like that? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those are some good ones. Thank you all for getting that um, replied back. Hope you didn't mind me saying your name on the podcast, um, even if you don't hear it. <laughs> um, but we appreciate you all. Uh, Cody, that's all I got. You got anything else? I I honestly think that's it, man. I think I'm good. All right, cool deal. Well, I had fun today. It felt good to kind of be back in the normal routine, right? Oh, oh, for sure. See, for there's sure. another yeah, one. Sign it off with the for sure, yeah, right? I'm signing off with the for sure. I mean, but like, a, I had a lot of fun, you know, being back in, you know, being back in our normal studio talking about our experience at Caswell. That was a lot of fun and just random different topics in sports. It's yeah, we got really random today. We talked about wrestling and hot dog eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, cool deal. Well, for Cody, I'm Neil. That's our show. Contact info is in the show notes and you heard it in the breaks too. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for listening to the international sensation known as Reverend Babel. Bye. Bye.